Okay, guys, before we jump into the show, got to give a shout out to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had several DNVR listeners and DNVR employees switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. And everyone has nothing but great things to say about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group, just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver over there in Lakewood, and they are going to take great care of you. They're going to call you and make sure you're feeling good if you have any procedures done, or they'll just hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam. They've supported us for a long time, so we'd love if you support them when you need any dental work done. It's Green Mountain Dental Group, just 15 minutes outside of Denver over in Lakewood. DNVR and we are live from Studio A. The A stands for Atlanta wi- Braves World Champions. Good for you. <laughs> the A stands for a winning organization with a great coach and a dominant defense. We'll talk about what I'm talking about here in just a second. But first, I want to give a shout out to MSU Denver Online, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. 750 total uh, classes. 45 plus online and hybrid programs, no better place to go to get an online education, especially if you want to work a full-time job because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any any other college institution. It's msudenver.edu slash online. And yes, congrats, Mace. Thank you. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you really call the Dallas Cowboys a winning organization? Oh, I'm not talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> I'm no like, way. oh. <laughs> it's 25 years since they did anything. Of course, until last night, it was 26 years since the Atlanta Braves had won it all, and now here they are. 26 years. I remember when I was 26. Feels like just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wild. Yeah. How, how are you feeling? I'm on cloud 15 or so mm. at this point. That is that the, of the, all your teams? Is that your favorite? That's one? the one. That's yeah. the one. Like, oh, that's what I thought. Of mine. I that, that. I mean, I love all. Look, I love all the teams that I love, but uh, the Bra- like the Braves are the one that I really I'm. I'm ride or die, even though I hate their ownership at times. I the tomahawk chop drives me a little insane, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm too far in now. I, so that's uh, just, it's cool. I'm I'm happy. I'm so happy for them. Happy for the the baseball lifers like Brian Snicker and Ron Washington who got their first rings. And then selfishly, on a family perspective, my mom, you know, she's in her seventies now, and. Uh, and she doesn't have patience for rebuilding at this point in her existence. So neither does anyone in the Broncos organization <laughs> yeah. ever. So I'm not, so she's over the moon right now. So that's that's just really awesome. That is awesome. Okay, a couple things here. Oh, yeah. thank yay. <laughs> okay. So we mm-hmm. thought it was the Brady effect, right? Because the Bucks win the Super Bowl and then right. the Lightning right. win the Stanley Cup. And we're like, oh, it's the classic Brady effect. 
all of a sudden, it has now become the mace effect. Because mm. well, you throw Manchester City in there as well. They're the Premier League champions. Right. And so they might even be more problematic than the Braves. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm not, I don't have an NBA team. Okay, so that's I where I was a, going I, with this. I was a Sonics <laughs> fan. They moved. I got into the Sonics when I lived in Seattle. So what I'm saying is, yeah, my NBA loyalty, it's for sale. Oh, it's got, I mean, come on, uh, yeah, come uh, on. Yeah. Do we even have to right sell now? you on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, if there are some free tickets and swag, you know, I'm just saying. I think being in this building right <laughs> yeah, now yeah. is all the sale you I need. I will say, you know, they do have, like, uh, the best player in the NBA right now. Um, I just wish Kroenke didn't own him. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Rapids. I don't. I like the Rapids. I just don't know if I can have another Kroenke team in my arsenal. Wow. Well, Mace is gonna do us it's like Josh, that. so it's better <laughs> than staying. It's tough. I gotta. I gotta think about that. But yes, I will admit happily until the Sonics come back in some form, I can be bought. All right. Well, <laughs> your salary is gonna buy you. <laughs> well, hey, do you work for the Nuggets? No. <laughs> no. But um. All right. We'll we'll uh, we'll negotiate yeah. later. Okay. A winning organization with a great head coach and a dominant defense. That is the quote from George Payton yesterday that I can't get out of my head. It just keeps replaying over and over and over again. And it is in reference to why they traded Vaughn Miller to the Los Angeles Rams. He said, we had some other suitors, but they weren't right for Vaughn. I wanted to trade Vaughn to a winning organization with a great head coach and a dominant defense. And that says a lot to me. In fact, it says everything to me about what George Payton had to say yesterday because that tells you that he doesn't, in my opinion, and I'm obviously dissecting a little bit here, tells you that he doesn't believe those things about the Denver Broncos. Um, now, I think obviously they historically are a winning organization, but they aren't right now. They don't have a great head coach right now. And because they don't have a great head coach who was brought here to bring a dominant defense, they don't have a dominant defense. Uh, I can't get it out of my head, guys. It, it, it's the thing that speaks the most volumes of anything he said yesterday. Yeah, very, very telling. And then when pressed about that, wait, George, you don't think you mm -hmm. have that in Denver? The he, only time the whole day yeah. that he was frazzled. Yeah, and good. George is not a frazzled guy, like you said. And he was frazzled by it and took a second and then said, yeah, we're not there yet. We can maybe be there by the end of the season. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but that was very telling. And, of course, George Payton also said that the Broncos are not rebuilding. But with that quote, along with that, Ryan, it shows that George Payton is a little more realistic of where the Broncos are because he wouldn't have traded Von Miller if he truly thought that they were going to be up to speed by the end of this year. How Quick. much do you guys believe in the Football Outsiders DVOA? Wait, really quickly, just yeah. want to wish Logan good luck on his math test. Good yeah. luck, good Logan, luck. and get back to Should class. be cramming, not <laughs> listening to us. How much do you believe in Football Outsiders DVOA rankings? Um, Mina Kimes team? likes it a lot, so All just, right. whatever she says, I'm cool. Well, the Broncos are second in scoring defense in the league, right? Yay, hooray for them. DVOA, which is weighted for situation, opponent, etc., 25th Oof. on defense. Yikes. Yeah, Yikes. I mean, when you played the, the right. four wins four. that they've acquired. Yep. Um, that'll uh, that'll skew the. Yeah, the by the way, the hand. winning percentages of the teams that Buffalo has beaten are worse than the winning percentages of the teams the Broncos have beaten collectively. That's interesting because they've beaten Miami twice. 
Mm, that <laughs> that is interesting, but I I don't think yeah. we even needed that DVOA because we have Just bought into the Broncos defense yeah. being dominant, and and that's What's... why we, we when he says the Rams have a dominant defense, and you know, suit pretty much assumes that the Broncos don't. We know that. I can't even uh, envision in my head a drive against a decent team in which the Broncos defense looked dominant. There was obviously the shutout. They looked dominant in that game. And Mike White right now is better than Zach Wilson. Yeah. So that shows you where that offense By was. Quite a bit, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I can't think of one of those games against the Ravens, the Steelers, uh, you know, even the Browns. Obviously not the Browns. Uh-huh. Um, in which the defense looked like, wow, they're just smothering them right now. First quarter against Baltimore. Right, that because was, that they the had last, a 7-0 lead in that one, right. right? That was the last moment, I think, where you thought. And, and in that quarter, you kind I thought, oh, well, maybe this is going. That that, there was that brief moment you thought, okay, this maybe is going to translate against the better teams in the league. And then Marquise and Brown gets behind them and – and the that's gates, oh, and that's when they gates start, opened up for yeah, the rest of the they season. They start giving up those chunk plays left, right, and center. Yep, beaten vertically. Now, probably won't uh, be as difficult against the Raiders next time, for example, without Henry Ruggs. But still, and I mean the details. Over over. Yeah. It seems every couple hours another detail Disgusting. comes out, just making yes. it more yeah. horrifying. Um, and it's it's just a really sad situation. It is. Um, anyways. That, to me, is what really stood out from George Payton, and, I, and it goes into my larger feelings about the press conference. I watched it again this morning and just was looking for the little things because what's what really gets fans, and I don't blame anyone for this, they don't have the time to watch every press conference. Right. But And it's not the media's fault either because you're just posting what is said, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's part mm-hmm. of your job. But you coming after the media, bro? Yeah, I'm, co- I'm coming after the media. What what happens is we don't rest the white. You can't, as we've been told, you can't tweet tone or facial expressions or whether someone's rocking back and forth, <laughs> left and right of the microphone while they're saying something. So you see a quote on Twitter like Vic Fangio has my full support. I took this job because of Vic Fangio, and you're like, oh my god, panic time. You see a quote like, Teddy Bridgewater can be the face of the franchise, and you go, oh my God, panic time. You know, you see little things like that, and, and a lot of a lot of the, the nuance gets lost, like it always does on Twitter, right? So when you, when you watch the press conference, I bet you if you read the quotes and came away feeling terribly about them, if you watch it, you'll come away feeling completely different because I think this was absolutely a read-between-the-lines type of press conference. I think it was to an extent. I think he really did go out of his way to back Vic Fangio here. and He has no other choice. And and that's kind of true. Okay. Yes, but then he could have done the exact same thing to Pat Shermer, and he did not do that and I don't really know how people took that he showed support for Pat Shermer because the quote says at the very end when he said like I trust in Pat or something yeah he's had a lot of success in this league that that's a quote that people say and they're like he trusts Pat Shermer are you kidding me you can can have the thing is I mean in in all cases he said they have to do better right offense has to do better I mean and that's what he started off with and it was very much attacking the offense right out of the game right but I think the thing is you can say it hasn't done well enough but then affirm your, at least for the moment, 
support of the people that are in your building. I mean, you're basically, you know, you're saying, hey, I'm, and it may be kind of lukewarm support, like, all right, I'm not firing you today, but you got to, you know, you got to do better. But then saying, hey, Peyton was in Minnesota when Case Keenum did well under Pat Shermer, when that offense went to the NFC Championship game. So that's, I think what Peyton said there, I think it's actually legitimate in how he feels because he has seen Pat Shermer guide an effective offense with a pedestrian quarterback. Well, well, when he was asked about Vic, it was all good things. And then he kind of veered mm-hmm. away from it and, and talked about how things haven't been good, but Vic yeah. has always been good. When talking about Pat, he did say that, you know, I believe in Pat. But then he, right after, but we need to do better. It was a lot of ups but, and downs there. You got to listen for the buts in these things. And it was, but we need to do better. And I think... And that was with Pat. Yep, but I think there also was a but at the end of Vic Fangio. But as a team, we need to be better or whatever it is. Um, but we're not happy about where we are or something like that, which not as strong. Here's how I read it. I think that uh, George Payton kind of knows that Pat Shermer isn't going to be here very soon. Like he's the first so too. Yep. one in the line of when heads got a roll, he's going to go first. And so people are going to remember what I said here. Um, because it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I agree. Or it's possible that it could happen in the next couple of weeks. And so I think he was more cautious about not making himself look bad when in a couple of weeks he's let go, if he's let go, unless, you know, they miraculously get it right on offense. Um, whereas he knows that he's probably going to keep Vic Fangio till the end of the season, so he needs to give him a more ringing endorsement. And I think that's very that yeah, that's spot on, and that's exactly what I took away is Pat is on the shortest leash, not just between him and Vic Fangio, yeah. but also throw the quarterback position in there. Like we've said, oh, yeah. like we've said with the with the quarterback position, Teddy is Vic's guy. I think George Payton is saying Vic. You get this year, unless things go crazy off the rails, I think Vic is going to finish the year as the head coach again, unless it goes crazy off the rails. Uh, And you get to have your quarterback, and that's going to be Teddy now. I also think Teddy is Vic's guy in terms of if he had to choose between one of the two. Or sorry, Teddy is George's guy. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And he defended him. I'll I'll let you finish here in a second. He defended him, too, when, when asked about a quarterback change. Again, reading between the lines, he said something along the lines of like, we need to do a better job of putting him in better situations or something like mm-hmm. that, not and, putting as much on Teddy. And Vic has said Teddy's team. I mean, that's, I think, yep. it's organizational support. Pretty as, as far as those who are involved in the day-to-day, Teddy, in terms with Teddy, it's Vic, it's Pat Shermer, it's George Payton. And John Elway may feel differently, but we're not hearing from him. And I think I think Teddy and Vic are safe, very safe right now. Pat Shermer clearly is not, but... When talking about Teddy, I do think that people went way too far with what George Payton said. What's he What's he going to say? That the, the quarterback shouldn't be in the running for the face of the franchise? No, you can't he, say he, it. Yeah, you have to be. If Brett Rippon is your starting quarterback, you have to throw his name. He's a captain. You have to throw his name in there. How quickly can that change? You know, the, the and one thing also, a big takeaway, was how George, when asked multiple times about what the heck are you going to do with these picks, man? If, especially if you're not rebuilding, what are you going to do with them? He pointed to, well, we have a lot of flexibility in the draft. We can go get a player. 
You think he's thinking about a second and a third round pick to go trade for a running back, a, a left tackle, a right tackle? No. Well, maybe. It's for a freaking quarterback is what he's thinking right now. Yeah. So, um, and again, what else is he supposed to say to that? So don't buy too much into that and think that George Payton, if Teddy plays the way he's playing, is going to go sign him to a three-year, $75 million extension. That That is not what George Payton even really hinted at yesterday. Right. And again, it, it's all about, you know, the between the lines stuff. I think he – in his mind, um, some of the offensive struggles aren't as much on Teddy as some other players, yeah. namely the offensive line. And he yep. said something again mm-hmm. about the offensive line. He was he was sneakily critical about the offensive line when he, even when he was heaping praise upon Javante Williams. Yep. Said, but Multiple we do times, need to yeah. go do a better job of creating lanes for him. He said that twice. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it just also tons of praise for Pat or for not Pat Shermer, Pat Sertan. Oh yeah, and Javante Williams as well. Of course, those are ultimately his guys. They right, are. Sertan and Javante. I mean, above all, they're just his like guys Teddy. above all. Yeah. Yep. So subconsciously, you might side with them, but hearing him talk about the offensive line like that, I thought, all right, well, if you're that dissatisfied with the O line. You have a couple of younger guys who have started. Now, one of them, of course, Mitani Moody is in and Muti is in COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. So uh, why aren't you bringing up Quinn Miners? Why aren't you giving giving him a look at this point? Well, I mean, he they must not think that that's a better option. And also, as he said over 10 times yesterday, we're four and four. We're right in the thick of things. So then, guys, my final question for you guys about all of this is he said the Broncos aren't rebuilding. We're four and four. We're right in the thick of this. We're right in it for this season. How much do you buy all of that? The one that I actually buy and the one that people are mad about that I think they have a right to be if this is what they want is that the Broncos aren't rebuilding. Yep. And I think that George Payton made that clear yesterday by not making any additional moves. Yep. And he uh, stopped than, at the question. Other, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> other than Kerry Vincent um, for a sixth, which, again, George Payton keeps getting way more value for guys than I think they deserve. Um, Philadelphia loves their Broncos cornerbacks for some reason. Cause yep. this is two and two months now with Mac McCain. The other thing is, sixth? I know we, we, how do you, how do you get a sixth for a seventh round pick? That's never played because you said, because that's damning. The thing with Vincent is there wasn't going to be room for him on the 53. Once they brought up Bassey and OJ Moody, which again should kill his right. value. Right. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. okay, well we can put him on waivers and anyone can claim him. Or if you give us a low draft pick, you can have him now. And if I'm the Eagles, that, I'm saying, yeah, we'll give you a conditional seventh. Right, right. That's exactly right. His value has gone down <laughs> since the draft, in my mind. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyway. good job, great job. <laughs> but the other Trinity thing is, Benson for a fifth. I when, mean, <laughs> when he's talking about how you know they, they believe they can contend right now, but clearly, even though he won't say the rebuild, they're they're retooling at minimum. He's trying to kind of walk that path that a team that we've talked about earlier this year as a potential model for this season is, and that was the 2017 Buffalo Bills, who snuck into the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, were quickly one and done, lost to Jacksonville. But they had some good feelings out of that. But then what happened in the months after they lost that game? They said, Tyrod Taylor, our placeholder quarterback, thanks, but uh, you'll no be thanks. on your way. And they drafted Josh Allen. They found their quarterback for the future. And they took a step back, but at least they took that step back in 2018 in terms of record with their long-term quarterback, with their plan in place. So I think Peyton believes this team can thread that needle that Buffalo did in 17. 
sneak back into the playoffs, even as a low seed, stop the streak of, of losing seasons, stop the streak of non-playoff seasons, get, every, get the culture right, get people believing that, hey, we know how to win, but he's got a plan that, pro- that at quarterback especially, doesn't involve anybody in the building right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's definitely a possibility. Also, just quick note on Josh Allen. It kills me how cool he is. I don't know if you guys saw him on uh, the Manning cast the other night, but he was just, like, so chill. He would have been such a perfect guy. I mean, talk about face of the franchise. Oh, also, yeah. off the field, what he, I mean, he, he's, he, he's, he's great. Unreal. And speaking of interesting faces of the franchise, Aaron Rodgers is a liar. Uh, yes, he is. A <laughs> big-time liar. Yeah, Holy yes, he cow. Is. Um, he yeah. may not play for a while. Yeah, I mean, you can debate the, you know, immunization vaccine, versus vaccination. But you can debate, like, the vaccination and whether everyone should do it or not until the cows come home. You can't really debate whether it's okay to lie. Right. Just lie to people's faces. Exactly. And then break the rules following that lie. Right, right. Yeah. But side note, you know, uh, I'll – we'll just let that go for now. Um, anyways. You wish it had happened another week, though? So they The NFL, the it's always a landslide. I know, but I'm saying like a week they're not playing the Chiefs. Yeah, ever, that, of course, everyone would. Also, all the talk about Von Miller's Halloween party. Who knew it'd be Aaron Rodgers gathering with his guys? That the the Von Miller Halloween <laughs> party drama. I mean, dumbest, so dumbest much thing, today. dumbest storyline ever. Yeah, I I mean the the I actually believe another thing that I believed when George Payton said is that he had no idea about like the drama over paying for Von Miller's. Halloween party. <laughs> you don't think so? Nope. Okay. Okay. Because when he, when he heard the question, I saw him like kind of. It was like a. It was like an a. Uh, didn't look like a purposeful response mm. when he was just. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I do a hundred percent believe that that had nothing to do with the trade. Of course not. No. No. Um. Anyways. Also, I. You know, I'm usually not the one who would say this, but it actually is really dumb that that got out to the media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like how that shouldn't happen. Just you're like complaining of. I, I mean, someone was venting to someone. So, yep. I, I guarantee you it was a young player venting yeah. to you know a, a friend who either has media contacts or this sounds good. Whatever, and was just saying like, yeah, man, like post Vaughn trade, right? You know, saying like, yeah, it was weird. He mm-hmm. was like asking us for money for right. his. He, right. you know, how much he's made like ninety million dollars in his career. He wants some. A piece of my paycheck. Yep, yep. Especially from how about like a third round draft or third day three draft pick or something. Yeah, maybe it was Kerry <laughs> Vincent Jr. <laughs> on his way out. Uh, anyways, maybe that's why he got traded. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, you know, maybe Peyton was acutely aware of everything that went on and was like, "I'm trading everyone that had a part of this." <laughs> well, you pointed out in the Discord yesterday, Vincent was Vic pick. He sure was. That was in the Slack, but yes. Oh, or the um, Slack, whatever. Th- yeah, that was uh, that was one of Vic's guys. Yep, he was very high on him. Which is interesting. Mm, Discord, this? Slack, it's all the... I'm old, it's all the same to me. Well, Discord, <laughs> public, Slack, <Yeah>. private. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Whoa, speaking of posting private, get, throwing private things out there. I mean, we're, we're throwing Slack things out there to the universe now? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought you were saying, speaking of throwing private things out there, oh, Manscaped. Oh, wow. I wasn't going to throw private stuff out there, but I thought, I mean, it, it's it's known. I mean, you, you point oh, out, yeah, it's no, publicly no, known. No, I, I, I was just kidding. You know what the Avs guys suggested, or not the Avs guys, but the Avs chat when it comes to Manscaped reads, what? that I need to have like a little Nerf gun, and if it's really that inappropriate, mm, <laughs> like that us? one would have been, yes. Yeah. Because Rudo really takes the cake on those. I like that. Well, we can't 
can't talk about Manscaped right now, but I can talk about ball. Mm. Is that fitting? I mean, that is, private part, yeah. Yeah, whipping it out. and But different type of ball. This is a joyful ball. And, of course, our friends over at ball, they make aluminum uh, so much. I mean, they made Aren't 101. Other joyful? <laughs> To some Depends people, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to some people, uh, over at Ball, they make over 101 billion cans last year, and they want to hire you to help in that. And their Golden Plant is looking for production technicians, and you can see the full description on jobs.ball.com if you search for Golden. But let me just give you some highlights, guys. They're offering extremely competitive pay, starting at $27.39 an hour, with potential increases every six, 12, and 18 months on the job. And this will give you exposure to so much of ball where you can then take off into different roles once you're at ball. So they want to make it more than just a job. You can build your career at ball and succeed. So how do you go apply for this job? We'll go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden, or you can, you can uh, text golden to seven, seven, two, two, two to find out more information. So check them out. If you want to get a very competitive wage over at a great company, search jobs.ball.com and search for golden. All right. Also, want to remind you to come hang out at the DNVR bar. Got a double header tonight. Always a uh, great nights to be down here at the DNVR bar when there's a double header going on. But there's really never a bad time to come down here. We have happy hour from three to six every day or every weekday. Uh, we've got brunch. Brunch now on the weekends. We've got member size beers, twenty two ounces for the price of sixteen. We've got, of course, all the big TVs, all the you know the great company that comes down here. There's all you'll probably always run into someone that you know from Twitter. I saw two um, two people uh, you know run into each other last night and make a friendship. It's just a great place to come hang out. So uh, if you're looking for something to do tonight, come on down to the DMVR bar, get you a Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef, and good news, we'll have yeah, sparkling clean, clean windows. windows when you get here. <laughs> and of course, if you come on down to the DMVR bar. You're going to want to rest at night. You want to rest on a snooze mattress. You've got a snooze mattress, RK. You can probably tell people about this better than I can. Yeah, I mean, they call it snooze because you just keep crushing the snooze button because you never want to leave that bed. Yeah. Uh, it's that comfortable. It's that good. And I love the fact that you have the, uh, the cool cover that you can put on it. And, of course, you can go warm side if you want. I just prefer to sleep with a little cooler temperature. And it really works. It, it can change up to uh, 10 degrees. Um, which incredible. can be really helpful, especially on those hot nights. Yeah, it's um, really cool too because you can customize it to whatever you want. Like Ryan yep, said, you yep. can switch it to soft, cool firm. or regular. You can switch it, flip it to have soft or firm. It's like anything you want, you can customize it to be. So that's perfect. Yeah, so big, truly the four-in-one mattress. Truly the four-in-one mattress. In fact, the first four-in-one mattress. So uh, make sure you check out our friends at Snooze. When you use the code DNVR, you can save. 500 bucks off a queen mattress with an adjustable base. Also, uh, you can save $1,000 on a king mattress with an adjustable base. So uh, use that code DNVR with our friends at Snooze, uh, Snooze Sleep. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's get into the whiteboard talk. I mean, there's so much to talk about today, but we got to talk about how the Broncos can beat the Dallas Cowboys. Pull off the massive upset, what may end up being a double-digit point upset. So let's dive in right now to the whiteboard. Before we do that, let's dive into the Super Chats. Oh, yes. Let's get to some Super Chats right pretty now. Pretty long ones. All right. From Ian B, um, what has Teddy done to elicit this trust in organizational defense? Corny pregame speeches from a guy who hasn't won in the NFL. Wow, that's uh, strong words. I would just say that he's proven that he's the leader of this team, and I think the team actually agrees. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And uh, what has he done to elicit trust 
Um, well, in in the NFL, he uh, he took he was a first round pick of the Minnesota Vikings. We know how much George Payton values that since George was there. So he's done it a couple of different places, uh, and uh, I I really do think that the guys like him a ton, hundred percent, and buy into him being the leader. Now, are they sold on him being the franchise guy? I no. don't think so. No, but they're sold on him being the guy right now. QB wins aren't a thing statistically, but at the same time, well, you can't point to him. Well, I'm not, and I'm saying, but in a lot, but to a lot of people, they are. To me, they're not. To a lot of people, they are. The fact that he led a team to a division title that matters in that locker room. And like just, you said, being a first round pick, it matters to George Payton, who believed in him from the start. I also think when when people hear this stuff, they think this is like some sort of deep organizational trust. It's like, no, he's the best guy we have right now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, in, no, it's not a ringing endorsement of the future, but. When people hear, you know, people talk about Teddy, they think that it's some grand gesture that the Broncos are giving him by giving him organizational trust. No, he's the quarterback of the football team. Right. You have to have, you have to give him support. You have to give him organizational trust. You have no other choice. And exactly. if he's back next year, that means they're probably drafting somebody in round one. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Well, that leads Good us luck. to our next super chat here. Yeah which is from Luke saying, what position group do we draft in the first round next season? In your opinion, happy Wednesday, gentlemen, go Broncos and fire Shermer. I don't think they will have a first round pick when all is said and done. Ah, I think they'll trade it for a veteran. It'll be part of a trade for a veteran quarterback, a high, a relatively high level. You get the liar discount on Rogers (laughs) or, or you move on to Aaron or you move on to Russell Wilson. If, Things can't be worked out with him in Seattle. Or earlier this week, I said that the Broncos trading Vaughn hurts them in the Rodgers sweepstakes. What does help them that happened this week is the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Now, I'm not advocating for them to trade for him now, but the Broncos were never going to trade for him once all of these accusations came out. If that gets settled or cleared in those next in the next coming months, the Denver Broncos could absolutely be right back in those sweepstakes whether you like i'm not saying that's right i'm not advocating for it but if he is legally off the hook and doesn't seem like as bad of a guy as he is now then the broncos will be in that and you also have to think of it as in other teams being interested in watson could potentially pull interest away from teams who are interested in rogers or wilson or a first round quarterback which is all helpful to you exactly exactly um Okay, we have just two 702 pilots that if I get my dream job at United, I'll be in Denver for training, so I need to visit the bar. Yes. Hell yes. Love it, 702 love pilot. And then Summon Fox 88 said, good luck to Logan on his test. Wish me luck on my interviews today. The chat is just full of love yes. and wished everyone yes. good luck. And, and the sun is shining yes. for the first time since Von Miller <laughs> yes. was traded. It's time to move on. It's yep. time for a great day. Good luck, yep. uh, Summon good Fox. Luck. You got You'll kill this. it. All right. Whiteboard time. All right, let's hop into the whiteboard, and we'll go through these quick, guys. First one, take Zeke back to 2017. Guys, the Denver Broncos have held Zeke to the worst game of his career, and there is no doubt, guys, Dak Prescott is playing in an MVP level, but the Dallas Cowboys are still built on their running game. Not just Zeke. But Tony Pollard as well, they, they are a one-two punch that the Broncos want to be. And it's not because Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams aren't that good. It's just they have way more of a commitment to the run, uh, and their offensive line is better. And those two running backs are really, really good, guys. They're averaging over 100 yards more in their wins on the ground than they are in their single loss this year. Of course, we all remember that that opening night football game against the Cowboys where Zach Deke was Dak. There we go. Dak was throwing it all <laughs> over the field against Tom Brady. That has not been 
the Dallas Cowboys since. The Dallas Cowboys have been a grind, grinded out on the ground team. And the Broncos, last time they played them, nine rushes for eight yards, anything close to that. And the Broncos win this game. Yeah. Um, Justin Simmons, is that the only person on this defense that was on that defense? Yeah. Shelby Harris. Shelby was there. Okay. In 2017. Yep. Yeah, Shelby was there, and I think. Uh, I wonder Shelby's how much either of those guys played. Not much. Yeah. Wow. Well, Justin was starting by then because, remember, they cut TJ Ward. Okay. So, wait, wasn't this 2016, that game? No, it was mm -hmm. 2017. Yeah. Because it was after that game, two weeks into the 2017 season, that you had people in some circles talking about giving Trevor Simeon a massive contract extension. That was 2016. No, it was 2017. No, I had to look it up, too. They play NFC, the entire NFC East every four years so they play him they, so that was trev's second oh five oh nine thirteen yes. seventeen yep. it was his second year when he yes. took off and then people were saying well he had a good first season now he's taking uh, off to start and then this he had the season and he had the four touchdown yep. game okay yeah, all right that, wow. that was dallas i always i had that messed up in my head yeah yeah I know. 2017 I, I so that they got off to that hot start yeah and then it crumbled was that also the giants game same season Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Now, that's now I've got the path. Everything fell off. Yeah. Got the path figured out yep. here. Um, yeah. Uh, so okay. Shelby. Shelby was or Justin was playing. Shelby was probably a little bit more of a part of it. Yep. Exactly. All right. Let's get to our next whiteboard Wednesday takeaway. Make Dak inefficient. And the reason is like this is an interesting stat here. The magic number for Dak is a 102 passer rating. When he has a 102 passer rating. The Cowboys are 35 and 2. Pretty when he good. doesn't and he starts and finishes, they're 12 and 26. And by the way, that ra that team record with Dak and that type of passer rating, that is the best of any quarterback relative to a 102 passer rating for any guy who's done it more than like 3 times in the NFL in the last 5 plus seasons. So you've got so you've got to ideally Get a takeaway. That's sort of what it comes comes down to. Find find a way to to pick off Dak Prescott, make him inaccurate, make him settle for some short throws. Don't don't let him get into a groove because when he gets into a groove, and part of it is part and parcel with the running game. The running game sets up the pass. But when he can do that, if he's efficient, they're not going to lose. You're going to have to hope on Vic Fangio changing the way that he does things because if there's one thing that he seems to always let quarterbacks to do it's get in a groove yeah especially exactly. good quarterbacks exactly and this next one talks about the broncos quarterback getting in a groove broncos have to take shot after shot guys the dallas cowboys so should aaron Rodgers. uh seriously the broncos are a really or the the cowboys are a really good pass game like we talked about the Bron the cowboys are a really good running team like we talked about on offense they're actually really good against the ground game uh on defense they're not good the only part they're not good at is the passing defense Broncos are going to have to rely on Teddy Bridgewater in this game, and they're going to have to not be afraid to take shot after shot. Remember that Jacksonville Jaguars game where the Broncos took shots in the first half, didn't connect, but then they went back to it in the second half, and they started connecting? Broncos are going to have to do that. They're not going to hit on every deep ball, but on top of that, not just attacking a weakness of the Cowboys, Cowboys are averaging over 30 points per game. 
Until this past week, past four games when they've had Dak, they've scored 35 or more points in each game. That is insane. So for the Broncos to have any chance of winning this game, unfortunately, it's not going to be eight-minute drives that take up half a quarter. It's going to be having to keep up with them because if you do an eight-minute drive, uh, that's great, but then the Cowboys are going to turn around and score in two minutes, and then it's a lot harder to sustain those eight-minute drives than it is to score quickly. So I'm not saying only go shot, 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 but you got to be ready to have your best offensive output. And you have to be ready to chunk them up because I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is good enough to lead the long, methodical touchdown drives in like a, a shootout scenario. Um, if you are expecting Teddy to convert just as many third downs as Dak is going to in this game, you're going to lose the game. What you need to do is create 25, 30, 35 yard plays that make it so you only have to get a couple more first downs or, you know, maybe even no more first downs just to score, but, you know, one or two more to get into a a real position to score a touchdown. Unless you're trying to shorten the game and prevent Dallas from getting into kind of a groove. They're not good enough to do that. Well, the thing is, that's what they'll probably try to do. I mean, it can't, you know, you brought up yesterday the stat about points per game Mm -hmm. last year, this year, but points per possession in the same time span. It does matter. The Broncos are averaging half a point more per possession than they were with Drew Locke for, through his first eight games last year. So it's they're, they're trying to fairly play, negligible. The, half a point per possession isn't negligible. Like in a 10-possession game, that's five points a game. That's, that's actually huge. But they're not getting those points per game. Because <laughs> they're playing games with fewer possessions. Right. Because they're having longer possessions. That's what they've determined is their path to success. That they can't, they, they can't play these – that they can't do a – they can't do a – a, a sprint with these teams. They've got to be methodical. Uh, then you're just you're not going to win in this game because you have to put up points to be. I totally yeah. see what you're saying. You just I just yeah. you got to put, but you got to put up points. But you have to finish drives. You can have you can have a game with seven or eight possessions, but you have to finish them. You can't. This is where you can't go two point one five points per possession, which is where the Broncos are on right. non kneel down drives with Bridgewater. And last I, year they were at one point six four with Locke after his first eight games. I just but don't. you can't do that. You've, you've got to have three points of possession. If you let me finish, I'll get there. The problem is they can't even, they can't even get a stop. You know what I'm saying? That's... So you, especially in this game, they're going to have a hard time getting stops. So you can go through your, you know, your long methodical drives, but we know for a fact that those drives are going to stall out. It's, you're just not going to be able, they're not going to be able to do it on a consistent rate. And then they're not going to be able to stop the other side on a consistent rate. So, uh, I mean, it's it's a it, they're kind of in a lose lose scenario in my opinion. In well, my opinion, and that's what I was gonna say to your point, Mace. Is they need to do that, but I just don't trust them in order to be able to do that. But finishing drives is our next one, guys. After we talked about Squid Game, I watched it. Have you guys watched it yet? No. Okay, so this is kind of not, a reference. Not going to gonna Squid be game. seeing it at all. Red light, green light. Also a childhood game here. Yes. But Broncos or Cowboys in the red zone are bad. On both offense and defense, bottom 10 in both of those. So when the Broncos get in the red zone, they have to finish those drives, Mace, to maximize that that uh, that that points per possession mm-hmm. that we are talking about. Uh, and then the Cowboys, on the other hand, their offense actually isn't that good in the red zone. Again, ranking in the bottom 10 in terms of getting into the end zone. So the Broncos, uh, our defense has to step up there, and that's that's how you maximize the, the, the fewer possessions here is if you take advantage of the red zone. So you want the defense to get back to what Vic, they do when it's working under Vic Fangio. Right. Because you look break. at the Chiefs games in recent years, you know, the Broncos were competitive last year in December against the Chiefs. Why? 
because they were shutting him down in the red zone. They've ha- they held the Chiefs below 300 yards even in that debacle of last of October of 2020. So you've got to do you've got to do that. Like if the, so, let's say it's a game where both teams have some sustained drives, and it's an eight, if it's it's eight possessions, and the Cowboys get in the red zone say six times. If you can hold them to a touchdown, a touchdown, a bunch of field goals, or even two touchdowns and a bunch of field goals, you're not in great shape, but you've got you're giving you're giving yourself a chance. If that's the case, and then the Broncos, like you said, they have to take advantage of the Cowboys being being on the struggle bus in the red zone right now. Yeah, and that's uh, where Jerry Judy can help. Although Noah Fant may not be there, so that's a setback in that regard. Well, that'll be less tackles, one yard short of the sticks. <laughs> oh, man. And let's get to the last yeah. one here. Get what you paid for. Get what you paid for. Uh, you talk about making Dak more inefficient. And the way to do that is by making plays in the secondary. Um, look, you know, if you're ex- expecting to, you know, uh, go out there and, and get all over him with the pass rush and, you know, not be forced to make plays in the secondary, you are sorely mistaken. Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, who's actually the one who's been doing this, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and so on. These guys, Ronald Darby. You paid for the highest paid secondary in the league. I want to see guys diving and making pass breakups. Yep. I want to see guys jumping routes. I want to see guys forcing coverage sacks. How many coverage sacks have we seen this year with the highest paid secondary in the NFL? These guys got to earn their paychecks this week. Otherwise, they will lose. Seen Period. In- End of story. I've seen coverage incompletions, yep. throwaways, but not coverage sacks. And the reason why you want to see coverage sacks is if you get a coverage sack on second down then you're putting him in third and long what we see sometimes is the coverage is there the quarterback takes right. the incompletion takes the check down and instead of being like third and 14 because you finished it with a sack it's third and six it's third and makeable i mentioned callahan obviously he won't be playing but yeah. right. uh nate hairston filled in for him last sunday he made a made play, a play. He yes he did which Maybe. a lot of these guys i don't know if they can say for themselves <laughs> yeah. it says a lot though for kyle fuller that uh where they think of him, that they didn't put him in there at that moment. And Vic, I know, regards kind of the slot corner as its own position, but still. I'm like a big proponent and don't just play guys because of their paycheck. Absolutely. But man, it pay, it just kills me that Kyle Fuller made half a million, actually over half a million dollars last week just to put his jersey on. And that's what he's going to do the rest of the season since they weren't able to trade him. No team wanted him. That That just like really kills me. Yep, bad signing. But, hey, at least they're not just compounding that. Right. I mean, if but is Nate Harrison better than Kyle Fuller? I don't know. He's more trained at the slot corner position at this moment. I think the key will be what they do this week. What is, what is their plan in practice? We'll probably, you know, when we get out there this week, we'll probably have a good idea of what they're thinking based on how they align the guys in practice we'll know and a saying bassy too coming yeah. back that uh that that could be big for that slot corner role. he's natural for that and he was doing that last year too but i mean he hasn't been on a football field that's in true how long <laughs> that's Six, true 14 months 11 months because he got hurt in december of last year well if you want some someone with experience really kyle fuller there you go i thought he was hurt no because he was playing into december last year and was playing wow. well that's part of the reason why his return has taken so long is because he had the injury relatively late in the season, whereas mm. Portland Sutton had his in September. So yep. he was right, two right. months ahead 
in his rehab of where basketball. So yeah, eleven months since he's been on. Even th- that is a long time. I mean, I it would be surprising to me to see him just thrown right out there into yeah. the action. He's not going to play this week. He's not going to play this week. And guys, we've had so much to talk about. I'm happy I had my dose of Strava Craft coffee hmm. before getting here to get me energized for this show. And if you want to start your mornings or your afternoons off with some Strava Craft coffee, use the code DNVR25 over at StravaCoffee.com. That'll get you 25% off your first purchase. Of Strava Craft Coffee, which of course isn't just delicious coffee. It packs that CBD punch, which can help, which can help alleviate a lot of ailments going on in your body, including some people say it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So you can start your morning off with coffee without getting those coffee jitters. And after you use that code DNVR25 for 25% off, subscribe to Strava and you'll save 20% on every single order after that. And you can also have it set up, delivered every two, four, six, eight weeks or however often you like just use that code dnvr25 over at stravacoffee.com to get 25 percent off your first order ah, ah. oh boy it's a bloodbath <laughs> in here there's got to be a better way to get my dagger clean and shiny safely than this this is what i used to deal with when i cut myself shaving down below the equator before i knew about manscaped Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping my dagger slick and ready for wherever the night wow. takes me. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR. Look, it's time to end the days of shaving your balls and having them end up looking like a horror movie. The folks at Manscaped have the perfect package for your package to get this done. That package includes a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer weed whacker ear and nose trimmer and yes you get older you're gonna find you need those things liquid formulations and two free gifts spooky season is here manscaped is getting you set starting with that lawnmower 4.0 a fourth generation trimmer with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology also include i mentioned the weed whacker you get into your 40s you're gonna find that hair is growing where you don't want it that's kind of the horror show when you find out that you're breathing and you hear the the air whistling because of the hair in your nose. We'll use that weed whacker. Trim, 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 trim. You're not going to have to worry about that. You're not going to have to worry about that hair exactly where you don't want it. And, and, with your, and with your best friends, don't forget to give your testies, besties, the love they desire with Manscaped's liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. It's like a deodorant for your balls. You oh. use deodorant on your armpits. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. You, want, you use deodorant on your balls, right? You should. There's a lot of sweat down there, just like there's a lot of sweat under your arms. So yep. you want to make sure you don't... got to get all the up. intersections covered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. That's so, what someone here, Emotional Support Viking, said. Yes. Always remember to shave counterclockwise when shaving beneath the equator. Counter? Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, well, because of the Coriolis effect. I don't know what I that don't is. Uh, well, okay. Below the equator. That's well, uh, water there was a Simpsons episode that started off with this as a plot point. Shaving below the belt? Counterclockwise? No, the Coriolis effect because toilets, the water in toilets goes counterclockwise below the equator. So Bart Simpson starts calling all these places in the southern hemisphere asking him which way does the water flow in their toilets but he calls them collect hmm. which leads to calling australia and and a 900 dollars bill collect call bill to some australian which makes the Austra- australian nation mad and anyway so okay. check out <laughs> manscape.com use the use the code dnvr get 20 percent off take care of your balls make sure that your balls aren't the stars in a horror show 
All right, there you go. And finally, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile's awesome, not only because it's way cheaper, way more affordable than any other mobile provider, but it's so easy. You, you sign up for it for as low as $15 a month, and they're going to send you a SIM card to your house. You can put it in the phone you currently have. You can get a new phone, maybe for Christmas, uh, and then you're off and running. You're mm -hmm. ready to go with Mint Mobile, and all of these plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network, uh, and it's really a great product. I mean, Guys, for 15 bucks a month, how much are you going to save on your current wireless bill? And you can Tons. go up from there and still be saving. And even better, right now, when you sign up for a three-month plan with Mint Mobile, for the holidays, they're going to hook you up with three months free on top of that. So that means you could have six months for as low as $45 on your mobile plan. If you're looking to save money this holiday season, which I know a lot of people are, this is a great setup for you. So uh, check out our friends over at Mint Mobile by going to mintmobile.com slash DNVR. All right, guys, let's go to the DNVR.com and get to the comments from the people on the website. And first one coming in from Mile High Till I Die. How much of a team has to be replaced to be considered a rebuild? Do you really need a full-scale rebuild? Seems to me like we need a new coaching staff and a quarterback the most. We also need a revamped linebacking group and a new outs or offensive line. But outside of that, I think we have a ton of talent that is simply going to waste on poor coaching. I think this is a great question. What exactly does a rebuild mean? And mile high till I die when you need a whole new position group on defense and you need to help some other parts of the defense, when you need an entirely new offensive line, you need a new coaching staff, and you need a new quarterback, I would consider that uh, a rebuild. Now, now it's, it's not a nuclear rebuild where you're blowing everything up, but there's a ton of things that need a lot of help. Yeah, it's an interesting question, and I, I honestly don't know the answer. Um, one of the main ingredients of a rebuild, I would say, is trading away a franchise player, which, of course, the Broncos have now done. But they didn't trade away much else. Yeah. Um, so the rebuild, maybe you call this one a retool or, you know, I, I, um, I believe George Payton yesterday said we're always building, mm -hmm. which also he should have finished. If you're always building, you never have to rebuild. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think that it would mean, yeah, I mean, new coaching staff, new quarterback, new franchise player. Right. You could just end right there and say that's probably a rebuild. Yeah. Well, exactly. the thing is, I think we've, we view things like from the Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars and Cleveland Browns a few years earlier. We see teardowns and think, okay, rebuild means a teardown. Rebuild doesn't necessarily mean a teardown. Rebuild sometimes – back in the day, it used to mean just kind of you bring in piece by piece by piece. It's something that takes time. The only thing is in the NFL of today that you can, fit, you can rebuild, but then other holes come in because guys' contracts expire. Like, for yeah. example – we talked about the positions of need. Well, Bryce Callahan could be gone, and uh, if Michael Ojemudia and Sang Bassi aren't the answers, you might have to add another cornerback. You might cream Jackson free agent. You might have to, if you don't believe in Caden Stearns, you might add another safety. I would so assume you, the you believe in Caden yeah. Stearns. Yeah. yeah. So you, you you've all. It's basically one of those things where, kind of technically, you're never not rebuilding in some way somewhere on the roster. Right. And so I think it's just in terms of how many important positions do you need to fill? Hell, the Broncos still have to finish, have to fill the second most important position, which of course is owner. The most right. important position is quarterback, <laughs> right. way more important than owner. And then there's but, coach potentially if right. you move on from Vic Fangio. Right. The other thing is, and this is where the next few weeks are interesting, a position of need is potentially edge rusher. 
Will Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed have a chance to show that it's not a position of need? Absolutely. Next one's from Mile High Buckeye. My boys, following up on my comment from yesterday, I appreciate Mace backing me up and respecting my conflicted mindset regarding this weekend. For what, I, for what it's worth, I wasn't saying you're wrong for feeling that way. <laughs> I'm saying it's bad for the Broncos that you are feeling that yes, way. Yes, and I agree. Anyways, yes, I'm still going to go to the Broncos game in Dallas, but this weekend is huge for sports in the C-Bus. <laughs> Sunday is the last game of the cruise season, and the playoffs are on the line. Also, the Columbus Blue Jackets have back-to-back games against the Avs this week. Go Jackets, no apostrophe in Avs. Rega- regarding the game this week, I wish uh, sports betting was legal in Ohio because betting on the Broncos would make an upset win so much sweeter. I'm going to be rocking my DNVR Teddy Strut shirt on the plane ride down to Dallas, wearing DNVR trucker hat with pride. Like Ted Lasso says, I believe and believe. Mm, yeah. Let's go Broncos. Long live DNVR. Let's freaking go. Some Alex. of these states in the Midwest and the South need – I don't mean to get political here. They need to get the stick out of their you-know-whats – and legalize gambling. Yeah, they will. It's only a matter of time. I wonder if Texas is it legal in Texas? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Aquaman, who was just here, says, I wanted to let everyone know, win or lose, you will always have a good time at DNVR Tailgate. Sexy pizza is great. Plenty of delicious Breck brews and Breck bourbon. Plus, you can play beer pong with Hank. Make sure to take a lift home, though. Or you take the party bus exactly. back to the bar and then, you know, take a lift from here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually probably cheaper to get a lift from here. Oh, oh exactly. That's, exactly. That's my favorite exactly. part about it. Because it's not throttled around here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, um, even when we, when we go up to games in Boulder, we'll like walk far, far away from the stadium mm-hmm. after the right. game. So you don't have to deal with one, how hard it is to get one. Yeah. Two, how expensive it is to get one right after the game. Yep, yep. So like we'll walk to the Dark Horse, which is, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 25 minute walk from the yeah. stadium. But it's worth it. Then you hang out there, have some food, and then you take your lift right. home. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Smart. Yep. Exactly. All right. Next one from Kendall Hinton, Hall of Famer. Going to the Dallas game, and it's hard not to get less excited for this team. But you only get so many opportunities to see the Broncos play, so I'll put on my Von Miller jersey and go. Now, for Prepare that- to be chirped for that, just uh, saying. Yes, it's true, especially in Dallas. Now, for that Washington mm-hmm. game, what an embarrassment, reprehensible, atrocious, and maddening win. That's NFL football. What an affront to fans, players, coaches, and the league that we have to call it that. We put up 17 points in that last drive. Has there ever been a team so thoroughly awful in play execution and coaching, yet able to win so many games? It's unconscionable and disgraceful to fans how awful this coaching is. Honestly, I'm not sure the words exist to describe this. I think you're trying pretty hard. This is a textbook <laughs> lesson in how you hollow out and destroy the passion and hearts of your oh. fan base and still near irreversible apathy in them and become a sorry excuse of a franchise like you guys were talking about with Washington. And Peyton is watching and let it happen approvingly. Mm. You're losing the hearts of fans now, today. Do something, Peyton. Just trade. Just trading away one of the Broncos fans' favorite players isn't enough to reverse mm. the train of apathy your coaches are sending hurtling into the franchise. That says That goes without saying. Others have said this, but props to you guys for being more exper- or entertaining than whatever we're watching every Sunday. At the end of the day, I care about other things more than the Broncos, and my happiness isn't dependent on this team, but, thi- or, but this team and this coaching is just sad. Well, first off, thank you so much for rolling with yes. us, and that comment means a lot. It makes my mm. day. Um, and uh, say, Can I just jump in? Yeah. I will say the reaction to the Von Miller trade has been a very big counterpoint to the idea of apathy because when i saw the rockies trade nolan arenado that was apathy i felt apathy in my own heart i wasn't really that upset about it right and seeing broncos fans be so upset that vaughn is gone 
to me said, okay, this isn't a fan base yet mm-hmm. that is apathetic. And I was really worried about that on Sunday when I went to that game and I, and I saw the, the lots and I saw the attendance and I thought, man, maybe people are starting not to care. But when you don't care, you don't care that Vaughn is gone. But people do care that Vaughn is gone a lot. So they're, they're still not there. But they definitely have the early signs of people getting there. And I understand certain people may start may be starting to feel apathetic. But even the passion that you feel uh-huh. in that comment uh, from Kendall Hinton Hall of Famer tells me he's not quite there at apathy yet. Yeah. And, I, and also, I don't think Peyton's approving of this. No, he doesn't. This, this, no. this is what I said is going to start happening, though, just a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Is Peyton, people are now yep. Peyton's not off the hook. Nope. He mm-hmm. is still controlling this. He could fire Vic. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's approving of it, but guys, that's how it's going to start seeming. He got a first free pass for two months. Now people are going to come after him and say, Bud, you're the boss. Do something. The, the head on the platter feels good, but I do think Peyton to some degree, is thinking a few moves ahead and thinking, what does it look like if our organization is just firing people willy-nilly just because of a bad day, a bad couple, of bad few weeks, et yeah. cetera? That, that's, I think that is foremost on his mind. I think there He's should... got to be in an extreme spot before he makes a midseason fire. I think there needs to be someone who's made an example of, uh, um, for lack of a better term. Pat and, Shermer and, and is coming up soon. Feels like he is. Yeah. I will say this about the game this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Broncos have a really inspired performance. Mm, I don't players know. Players rally around, rallying around each other. Exactly. Um, and mm. it's kind of like when you get a new coach, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, I have a, I have a new chance to make a fresh impression." Mm. That type of thing. It's a little different than that, but I think the. Cortland Sutton's of the world and and the Justin Simmons and even the Pats or Tans and Javante Williams are all looking around now saying there's a big role available at the very top of this right now. Let's all fight to see who's the one who's going to get it's it. It's Bill Simmons' Ewing theory. Patrick Ewing out of the equation, but you, you take a star out of the equation either for injury or trade and everybody else kind of rallies themselves. Like you say, okay, it's our team now. And yep. that was something that Peyton made clear to the leaders on the team that remain. It's your team. Mm-hmm. So would that I'm not going to pick the Broncos. Would it surprise me if they pulled off something dramatic? No, especially because you're going to a road environment where you're probably going to have about 20 or 25,000 Bronco fans like you did the last time you went down there. Yeah, I yeah, again, I don't know if they're going to win, but I think you might look you might be feeling during the game like, "Wow, this is the most inspired I've seen the team play this year." Yeah, very very much. And just a comment in the comment section, "B want to bet." B says, "Smash the like button real quick. Everyone been a great show. Really appreciate that." Oh yeah, we got to let Mace go uh down of course to Broncos headquarters, so see you later, Mace. You want me to ask him today? Um can only imagine what the questions are going to be. You might want to ask Teddy if he's been vaccinated. Uh, just get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, Did he you hasn't see- been asked that, has he? I'm sure he so. has. Did you see the updated, um, the latest report? Yeah. That uh, <laughs> Rogers applied for an alternative um, and was shot down by the NFL? Yep. <laughs> Wait, not an exemption, but an alternative? Yeah, yeah, like he had an alternative treatment, and he wanted that to count as being vaccinated. Yep. They said no. Was it Regeneron or Ivermectin? Uh, Over my head. (laughs) No idea. 
Um, real quick before Mace gets out of here, just uh, from Bronco and SF. Congrats, Mace. Spent a summer in Atlanta. Loved going to Braves game. And thank you for not letting those disgusting cheaters get a ring. Go Braves. You know what? That, I appreciate that. That's sort of the whole thing, right? That the Astros didn't get a ring. Although I do feel a little bit sad for Dusty Baker. And he wasn't a part of the cheating. Yep. Right. But they show, when they showed his reaction after Jorge Soler hit that three-run homer in the third, it was the reaction like, oh, man, I left my picture in too long. Like, I, that, it was a pained look, even with his mask on his face. Like, man, I screwed that one up. Mm. Sadly, that's kind of Dusty Baker's lot in life, right? Well, Whatever the decision is, it's, it's the wrong one in a high yeah. leverage situation. His yeah. sadness results in your happiness. Yeah, exactly. That's Don't be tough, sad for him. That, be that's, happy. That's the tough part about sports. Yep. Someone's had, like you said, someone's happiness is another another sadness. Someone's always sorry, Houston. <laughs> and unfortunately, we have to lose Mace right now. All right, from Melbourne Bronco. Hey guys, I spent the last few days listening to Sports Wars podcast. Far versus Rogers was superb. Now into Manning versus Brady. Check them out if you haven't. I wonder if that. I mean, I would guess that's made by the same people who make Business Wars. Mm -hmm. and I would think so. Business Wars is fantastic. Yeah, I bet so, this is good. So um, I have to check that out. Goes on and says, and I'm sorry, Vaughn is never coming back. He'll experience success, and new fans will love him. He'll stay a Ram, then retire. Uh, yeah, I think that'll Well, he'll retire a Bronco. Right, right. He'll retire a Bronco, but man, it's going to be hard for him to leave L.A., especially if he's getting a big deal out from the Rams. Broncology says, if Williams continues to play with the passion and fire we have seen so far this year, by next year he could become the guy on offense you look for to be the cornerstone. I think he's on the right trajectory. Thanks for the pod, as always, and I completely agree with you. Uh, he's just not there yet because, Ryan, he's, one, not a starter, and, two, getting less than 50% of the snaps. So he can't be a franchise cornerstone player with that. But if Melvin's gone after this year and his contract's up, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and he just needs to learn um, a little better vision. Mm -hmm. Just a little yeah. better. You know, it's it's the one knock I have on him so far is Melvin, one of his greatest traits is when there's very little there, he can see it and just right. sneak and get a yard, an extra yard or two. Right. And that's why you're seeing the discrepancy in their yards per carry. Yep, exactly. Dan Burke says, hey, guys, first off, congratulations to Mace on his Braves winning the World Series. Second, wanted to hear what y'all thought about the Kerry Vinson Jr. trade. I saw a lot of people celebrating the fact that Peyton got a sixth, which apparently has some conditions attached to it, and I'm not really certain about, for a guy picked in the seventh. But I like the player and probably would have kept him around. I thought he was very good in the preseason and was excited about adding more speed to the defense for the future, especially with Bryce being in a contact year and Bassey coming off an injury. Now, you can find competent nickel corners every year, but a guy like Kerry Vincent, who played well in the SEC on a championship team and runs a sub-440 and fell largely in part because he opted out, uh, fell to the seventh round. What do y'all think? I totally see where you're coming from, Dan Burke, and we talked about the opposite side of this earlier, and I think Kerry Vincent, he felt kind of like a steal in the seventh round, kind of like you're saying he dropped for a couple of reasons, but George touched on this yesterday and here's why I'm okay with it losing a guy that you like getting in the seventh getting a sixth for him is because he said we were going to have to move on from one of our corners anyway with Michael OJ Mudia and the saying Bassey coming back soon and then Bryce Callahan coming back soon and to me he's saying without saying that they were going to move on and have to cut Kerry Vincent Jr. Mm -hmm. anyways. He was going to be picked up by someone before making it to their practice squad so we might as well get a sixth back for him yeah yeah um I think you're right. And and the counter argument from people who were high on Kerry Vinson are saying, well, like, why wouldn't you keep him around? But clearly the Broncos didn't value him quite that much. The speed was really intriguing. That was that had me um, very intrigued about Kerry Vinson Jr. But like you said, it's a, and like George Payton said, it's a log jam. 
Right. And he essentially said without saying, well, we weren't going to, we didn't think we were going to be able to keep yep. him, um, yep. which very clearly if someone's willing to trade a sixth yep. round pick for him. So in the end, I just once again tip my cap to George Payton for yep. the way that he's able to get value out of these guys. Honestly, think about this. A sixth round pick is what the Broncos traded for Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. He's their starting quarterback. Now he hasn't been great, but. He is a he's a starting quarterback yeah. in the NFL or a damn good backup or a damn good backup, which is still way better than a seventh round pick who hasn't played a snap yet. Exactly. Yeah. You, you compare those two and it's not even close. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it really and, is. And Trinity That's Benson, a good way to put it. again, he traded a wide receiver who not only wasn't likely to be in their main rotation, mm-hmm. he's not even in the, the main rotation for the Lions. Right. Yeah, exactly. Kind of fleecing people. Out yeah. Here. Omaha comes in with the last one, I believe. He says, rebuild is a Broncos management, or it is to re- Broncos management as Voldemort is to Wizarding World of Harry Potter, a phrase that must never be uttered. Now, this includes George Payton as well. The e- he's either just flat out lying or even worse, truly believes the JV Broncos are in the thick of it. Yikes. On another note, could you guys shed some light on the rift that was created by Vaughn's Halloween party this year? It seems like every season this event causes drama on the team. <laughs> I got to think this Halloween party's done because it's always been Vaughn's Halloween party. Now it started to be others, other people's Halloween party with Vaughn because, you know, he maybe wanted some people to pay with it. I got to imagine this is done. Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe they just have like a company-sponsored Halloween party. Like, they'll, you know, <laughs> rent out the stadium for them or something. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess we can shed a little light on what has been out there, which is essentially that um, Vaughn was going to have the Halloween party. Then they're on a four-game losing streak. He comes in and says, hey, I, I don't know if this is a good idea to have right now, which, honestly, impressive leadership from Vaughn, in my opinion. Yeah. Then everyone's like, dude, come on. Like, that's the best party party. of the year. (laughs) Like, I've been looking forward to it. And this is me reading between the lines a little bit now. I think Vaughn said, like, well, if this party is so important to you guys, why don't you throw in a few bucks for it? (laughs) Right. Um, And then I I don't really understand how the response could be, like, no. Right. But it sounds like the response was like, whoa, whoa, I don't know about that. This is your party, Vaughn. Yeah. So... Um, for me, like all of these, even the, the younger guys could be like, well, yeah, I can chip in, you know, a couple thousand or whatever. Right. Um, but I, cause it, it was, it was described as a six figure party. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course that could be anywhere between a hundred thousand and 900,000. <laughs> yeah. I would assume it's probably closer to the hundred thousand. So if all 52 guys or all 53 guys chip in like two G's, which is, yeah. 20 bucks to you and me, maybe even right, less. Right, right. Um, then, you know, everyone, everyone's in. I don't, so that's where I don't, that's where there's still stuff left to be, left up to interpretation. But as Noah Fant described it on the radio with our guy Zach By yesterday and Brandon Soakley, um, things went south from there after Vaughn said, hey, why don't you guys pitch in if you want this so bad? I, Whatever how? that means, too. Yeah. That is that is crazy. So maybe what he means is they had to move the party further south oh, of Denver to get it to cheaper. get it cheaper. There we go. That'd been hilarious if he added that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I just don't. Who says no to that? I. It's a great question. Like honestly, even if you were throwing like a big party, yeah. And I had nothing to do with it, but I was going, and you're like, hey, would you mind chipping in a little bit? Like, of right. course I would. 20 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, well, you're hosting the party. It's a little bizarre, but yeah, I'll, I'll chip in I don't even bucks. think I would think Cause that Cause a way. big rift? 
who like we're not doing the pod together tomorrow i have to assume it was what like it started with one player being like bro right you make 20 mil it, it's spe- gosh maybe even a rookie you know, someone who's making what seven hundred thousand compared to Vaughn's twenty-one million or something, being like, "Dude, this isn't fair." I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I really can't imagine. Anyways, that's the silly drama that was going on. I had no other choice but to just make memes about it. Yesterday, <laughs> it's like this. I can't believe we're actually talking about this. It's every year this Halloween party. Something. Something about Halloween parties. What was it you put out there? Like Von Von Miller did not have a cocaine themed Halloween. Oh, party. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Chad Kelly one. Yeah, I was yeah, trying to think. Yeah. Was there a third one that I think created it was just, drama? There was two different things with that party. Was well, so, the yeah. the potential, you know, not using of drugs, but uh, people dressing up as they were using drugs, right? And then Chad Kelly also same night. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, wow. they were only dressing up as if they were using drugs. Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was. I, I just remember TMZ reported it as a cocaine-themed <laughs> right. Halloween party, which, like, that's could that even be a thing? I guess you could be like Scarface. Oh, man. Um, just bring a lot of coke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, I just, yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> just like any of these Halloween <laughs> stories should go, which is nowhere. Um, so, yeah. That's uh that's what's going on in Broncos country. Hopefully, if they do um, have a Halloween party in the future, they can figure out a way to have a Halloween party yes. without causing any drama. Yeah, and kids don't don't use cocaine. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> uh, finally, MSU Denver online. Before we get out of here, as you guys know, they're the presenting sponsor of this show, and they have all you need if you're looking to get an online education. So check them out. Uh, of course, you can check them out online at msudenver.edu slash online. Uh, and if you're looking to work a full-time job while maintaining your education, then, of course, you want to go there because their students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So that's going to wrap it up for us on today's show, which I thought was a great one. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, and, yes, hit us with a thumbs up on your way out of here. Um, and we'll catch you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Flying cotton